Episode 30, Gallerist Molly Barnes. My name is Michael Delgado, and I'm your host. I come to you each week from the luxurious library bar in the magnificent Mayfair Hotel right here in downtown L.A. I should have known my 4.30 appointment would be early. She's seated in a deep booth. Like a gunslinger, her back is to the wall, where she can survey the entire room. Like the people who fall on either side of an opinion about her, light from a single source casts her half in darkness and half in an angelic halo. Her smart black and white ensemble completes the picture. It's time to meet. You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s. Medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any, and, oh yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My guest today is the famed Molly Barnes, longtime L.A. and New York gallerist, collector and art world bon vivant. It is widely held that Molly knows everyone, and in this interview you can see why. From her days in the abstract expressionist milieu of the East Hamptons, through the emergence of pop art, to offering John Baldessari his first show at her eponymous gallery on La Cienega. Molly has stories and opinions on most everything, and she's not afraid to share them. Please welcome Molly Barnes. Here we go. Welcome Molly Barnes. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Coming to this hotel is a treat. It's like being in New York. It's so un-LA. It's easy to park and everybody's very polite. Lovely. So you wanted to know about me. I got started, I came from kind of royalty. My, my mother's uncle was the governor of California. He got in a little trouble. His name was Sonny Jim Rolfe. He was also the mayor of San Francisco. So she grew up uh, with gloves. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up. So you were what? My mother's uh, uncle, uh, my grandmother's brother, was the governor of California. And his name was? Sonny Jim Rolfe. And this was what year? He died in 35. Wow. And he was also the mayor of San Francisco for 13 years Uh before that. He died in office. So where did you grow up? Well, I I was born in London. My dad was running Paramount Pictures there. And I was uh, born there, and then when the war came, I was a, a baby. They moved back here. He went to work for Paramount here. And I grew up in Hollywood and then in Bel Air. Oh. I loved, I loved the film business. And I, uh, whenever I would go to his you know, Paramount, um, people would ask me to be in their movies. And then I got really interested in it. But my mother was so horrified by that. By Why? Was she, not a, she was not an actress. No, no. She, was, she was from a very, very social family. Ah. Yeah. Her, her, and acting, that's like... Her grandfather, bad, her father bad, built the uh, Bay Bridge. I mean, they were, you know, they were old money. Right. And so what happened was that um, when I was... Uh, out of college, I went to Marlboro, which was a girl's yeah, school, sure. very, very yeah, yeah. waspy, very yeah, proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to Berkeley and I pledged my mother's sorority. I did everything I was supposed to do, but I really desperately wanted to be an actress. So I met a man on a plane, got a trip to Europe as a gift after college, and I met a man on the plane and he was the head of CBS radio oh. for the network. And I thought if I marry him, then I can maybe put him wow. back. And what was his name? 
Howard Barnes. Oh, wow. Oh, and that's him at the mall. Yeah. Okay. And so he was much older than I was, but he was very sophisticated, very attractive, kind of a Clark Kent sure. type. Oh, really? And we had two kids. The square jaw, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he was beautiful and very, very <laughs> handsome and very sophisticated. He had a lot of marriages. And it's funny, uh, his girlfriend, when he met me, I met him, but he was dating Ellen Burstyn. Yes, you do. She got an Academy Award. She's got an Ellen, uh, oh, I can't remember what movies. Frizzy hair person. No, no, she sort of looks oh, like me. Well, right. anyway, recently I met her at a, at a... Who's the guy that just did the uh, the movie about um, Van Gogh? The the actor? Phoenix? No, no. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I met her at a party in New York where he was showing his film, and uh, I said, I was the girl that got him. You didn't get him, but you, uh-huh. you were lucky you didn't get him. And, uh, <laughs> and then I... I uh, Married him, and it was not a good marriage. We had two kids who were both, they were both very successful. What are they doing now? Where are they? My daughter's uh, the Wall Street Journal, and my uh, son is president of Shea Homes, which oh. is a home building oh, company. Right. Yeah. And in, uh, in LA, they do a lot of homes there. Yeah, he's, he's the president of Orange County in San Diego. Wow. And uh, I went to school with all the Shays, but uh, he never tells them that I'm, I'm his mother. <laughs> It's fu- it's funny. I was at I was at no no. He just gets it on his own. But I was at a party at John Swihart's last week, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody asked him what he was doing. He said, "Well, I've just done a series of family portraits of the Shea family." And I said, "Well, my son's the president of that company." And then he was so shocked. I mean, he couldn't believe it because he was so proud of these you know these yeah, paintings yeah, he's done of the sure, Shea's. Uh, anyway, after uh, we got married, we bought a house in East Hampton, and wow, I got nice. really involved with the art scene there. Sure. And I met all of the... Pollock was dead, but his wife and I started going to garage sales together. Right. Uh, and I got to know Bill de Kooning and, and all of the artists, Gustin. But and you must have been like five years old. I was pretty young, yeah. And I got to know all those people, and then when my husband and I divorced... I started going back to New York in the summers to East Hampton. I opened oh, an art nice. school for kids. Right. And I uh, started, uh, I start, got into a relationship with the Kooning. Right. Yeah. And, okay, so then, well, well then that didn't end happily. Well, no, we, we kept going for many years. I mean, he always had a lot of girlfriends. But I remember when he had his first show at Guild Hall, which is the, the social center of East Hampton, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, Elaine came back to get us all organized and uh, she'd been traveling and working all over the world but she came back and she got us six girlfriends that we had all marisol was there and we went in two cars and then when we got to the opening we flanked him you know like a triangle and went in it was just fabulous that whole period of of uh of the romance of the abstract expressionist was fabulous And, and, and so, but then you were also there for the, the transition, right, into... Into the, pop? Yeah. Well, when I was there, yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, and got... So this is New York, and you're five, and... And I started uh, working there, and then when he, my first husband was transferred out here, before we divorced, uh, right. I started working for dealers. I worked for uh, Frank Pearls for many years, and then I worked for, um, um, oh, God. Herb Palmer. Herb Palmer. How'd you know that? 
I, I do my homework. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I have a Herbert Palmer story, by the way. You're going to tell it now? I will. Okay. So, so uh, and, and I worked for a lot of people. And then uh, I worked, uh, Steve Aro came by. He had been, we'd grown up next to each other in Hollywood. And he wanted to open a gallery. So he put up the money. And when Rolf Nelson, who I was working for, he was Frank Gehry's brother-in-law. Oh, right. yeah, when yeah. Rolf uh, went bankrupt, I took over uh, kind of his mailing list and his... All the, the the artists that he had shown, and uh, Frank and, uh, and then Steve Aro and I so, went into business. So, but with her, what were you doing with Herbert? Did you I saw an ad in the paper uh, that a gallery wanted a, to be an assistant or yeah, a director. Yeah, and it was funny. I went to work there. It was on La Cienega, five fifteen, yeah, 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 yeah. and a guy came in who was uh, looked like a gangster and he had a big pouch under his arm and he said and he had I think it was a toy gun but he said I want somebody to buy this under my arm and Billy Wilder happened to be in there looking at art and he said could we see the piece you want us to buy <laughs> and somebody called the police and the guy they well, this got, was at the Herbert Palmer gallery not in your gallery this no, it was at the Herb Palmer Gallery. Oh, and so I worked for him, and then I, w I went through Silence. Um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, John Cage's, we presented mm -hmm. that there, and I did a lot for him. And then eventually uh, Steve came by, Steve Aro, and put me in my own gallery. So oh, I, le I left uh, So here's my Herbert Palmer story. Oh, good. Tell me. All right. So uh, he, he still had the space on La Cienega. Five fifteen, yeah. It must have been. I don't remember. But my wife at the time um, uh, was an assistant there. She was like, "No, yeah, really? Yeah, this is I don't know why." Who? Who was it? What was her name? Leslie. Oh. No, you want to remember. But anyway, so well, you might. Anyway, so I for some reason. I don't know why, but like people, I, I had like, I made a picture of a cow, right? I was a painter at the time, and I had a picture, and everybody would like give me cow pictures, like, and then they would give me cow plates, and then I would get like cow this and that, like, because I collect cows, and I'm like, no, I have like nothing to do with cows, but for whatever reason, Herbert had figured out that I like cows, but I don't, but anyway, so... He opens up Peter Krasnow's sketchbook, and there's a picture of a cow, and he rips it out of the sketchbook and gives it to me. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> for one, you shouldn't rip out a page from anybody's sketchbook. And two, I don't even like cows. <laughs> so he kept it? No. He oh, good. Where is it now? Framed? Yeah, it's framed. It's in framed. your living room? Yeah. yeah oh, good. It's like I have a Peter Krause now cow. That's very, very a good right? story. Is that yeah. Silly. But that well, that was her. So. A lot of the best art I have. I, I was going to bring you an article somebody did about my collection recently, but I forgot. In a collector magazine. But uh, all the best stuff is stuff that's been given to me. You know, I've bought an awful lot of stuff, but it's funny that's they come out. People feel something about you, and yeah, then they, they want to. Yeah. Like, Peter, I mean, like Herbert, thank you very much, but I. Uh, I hate I cows. Yeah. Cow. But whatever. But and it's Peter Krasnow, and he ripped it out of his sketchbook. That's just that was just wrong. Well, that's not so bad. No, come on, that's really? all right. He knew you'd have it framed, and somehow the value well, would go sure, up. But, well, I know, but I don't know. Whatever. 
So, this is what I wanted to talk to you about because um, uh, we, you know we're talking about old LA and and uh, and you mentioned old New York as well. And so um, I have another kind of lead into this is that you know I had the bookstore in Chinatown, and um, for the last two years people have been coming into the store, and they're from you know artists and they're looking for. Um, they're looking for studio space, right? And they're like, hey, do you know what they, and they, but they're all like from San Francisco. And then this year, they're all from Brooklyn. They're all from New York. Like everybody who comes into the store now is looking for space and they're all from the East Coast. And so I wanted to get your take on that. Well, I just rented my garage. You know, my husband died and he used our garage as a studio. It's all set up as a studio. And I rented it to somebody who took my class last week at Otis. Uh, I can't think of her name, but you know her. And uh, she's very involved in the British art scene. And she was supposed to, you know, give me a check yesterday. And she was sick, and she was supposed to give me one last week. So I have a feeling that my garage, which is really cool, it's in, Bel you know, on Rodeo, uh, would be a great thing for one of these Can people. Can I move in there? You can't, you couldn't. <laughs> You couldn't live there. There's no bathroom or anything. Uh, it would just be for daytime, and that's what she was, you uh, know, paying me for. Yeah. But I don't know what happened to her. Um, yeah, but so my point is, like, it, you know, the, I, I don't. I've never seen, but I think when you, you're very, very intuitive. When you see a trend like that, go with it. It um, San Francisco. I don't know if something happened there. It might have had well, something to do with Trump. But uh, no, I think it has to do with the rents. I mean, I think it's cost a fortune for everybody to be there. And then I also think that, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the LAC now, and that's what I wanted to ask you about. I don't see it even compares with New York. In which way? Uh, I think it's just still kind of primitive. Really? Yeah. I feel like in the beginning, um, I, and now when I go to New York, people really want to know about the de Kooning stuff and they want to know about Pollock and all of that group and how it segued into the uh, the pop people and I'm an expert on that here people haven't gotten to that yet they're still trying to figure out how to get their car going and um, who the new artists are and I think like when you have any kind of an art show you got to have two stars in it to get the pub publicity that you want and the show that John has curated, you know, I'm very lucky I got Susan Rankitis and the guy who did yeah. the, yeah. Will yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, he's wonderful. But I think you need next, you know, I have a, a, a show of Rosamond's old uh, stable. And uh, and then Brewery is gonna do- How is Rosamond? She's okay, not so well? Well, I, somebody, I don't know. We're talking about Rosamond Felsen. I but think she, she, uh, she, she, I think she's opening a gallery, I think, um, somebody that's going out of business on uh, Jefferson she's taking over but meanwhile I'm doing this show for she, her oh okay I'm sorry and where is that at, at the gallery yeah yeah and then I'm gonna do a, a brewery is gonna do a show on climate change ah. and then I'm gonna do a thing on Robert Williams who's my favorite artist do you right. like him uh, you know I, you I, get sick of him no I'm not sick of it. I, I, I talented guy and all that I, I you know the outsider piece of things I'm not uh, a fan in general but he's an extremely talented dude I will say that he gets me thinking a lot really yeah yeah I mean I'm in a Hieronymus Bosch so. yeah totally totally right? but 
I went, um, John Swihart had him speak last week, you know, at that outdoor thing on Saturday nights. And I, he, he said a lot of things I didn't know anything about. Ethics yeah, and morals. Thing. I mean, it's not my kind of thing, but uh, no, I, you know, the, the, the work is impeccably produced. It's, yeah. It's, like, it's very thoughtful. It's, it's, he is a master at what he does. It's just not my kind of, like, you know, race over there to go see a show. I think what you're looking for in, in Los Angeles will happen. Where do you think the art centers are here now? I don't know. That's why I was asking you. I feel, I just cannot get involved in downtown. I worked for Rosamond uh, doing lectures for her on mm -hmm. weekends when uh, she had the gallery on Santa Fe. And I found it's just difficult. This is so easy today. I had no idea about this place. Right. Uh, it's easy. You can park. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, it makes, it's no, wonderful. Downtown is tough that way. It is and tough. It, and it, and it, it kind of has a funny, it's like two faces, right? Like there's scene but not really and uh, and then there's like there's a lot of artists down there but a lot of it is not very and good. it's all moving back in my opinion yesterday I went what's the guy's name he's on Santa Monica Boulevard um, his family were big collectors and he had a breakfast yesterday God, I, don't know. I, I can't think of his name wait a minute um, Mark Selwyn oh right and he's very snobbish you know he, he really? but but this he is gonna be published you know <laughs> well, if you hear this, I would really like it if you'd say hello to me. <laughs> but I had so much fun there, and I saw so many people, and then I went to uh, Gail Roski. Do you know her? Yeah. Her father owns the Staples Center. Right. And I went to see her show at Santa Monica, uh, the hospital, and there was nobody there. All the art was there. And then I went to see Martin Mull's show. Have you seen that? No. That opened. What was that? Who, who shows that? Well, it's that gallery that used to be on Bergamot, and now he's moved down on uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Is the work any good? Cause I, I, oh, he's I, wonderful. Really? I, I but from 1 to 5, I think, or 11 to 1, they had movie people and TV people, and then right, they right, had right, right, us. Right. Sure. <laughs> and us, yeah. And... Uh, so I, f I feel like there's some really exciting things happen, but I just don't see it downtown. I just feel it's uh, it's just too far. But, you know, part of the thing I think is like it's hard to have an art community when, for the reasons you're saying, yeah, you can't park anywhere you can, and then like it's expensive, and so like things pop up in Boyle Heights, and then they're pop up, yeah, pop yeah, up in Highland Park, and then there's now now the big thing is South Central. And, but nobody can really coalesce. Not yet. Like you know, my two favorite new uh, art museums are the Underground Museum, right. which was Ben Vereen's home. And it, I think it is so chic. Because, you know, it take off on the Underground um, mm, really? Railroad. And I feel that that's a real, uh, you know, a jumping place. And when somebody like that opens up and it's sponsored by SC. Where is that? It's oh, on Jefferson. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. And it's on Jefferson. And when, when you, uh, I mean, it's now all galleries like Oshi from, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, Mark Bradford's down there, right? Isn't that the part of the yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been, uh, Anderson Cooper's had him on 60 Minutes twice. Oh, no, no. He's huge. Right. But, uh that's somebody I think to, for us all to pay attention to is what uh, Anderson Cooper's doing, huh. bringing art to 60 Minutes. Oh, huh. well, that's good. Because after he did my, Mark Bradford last week, he showed us his, I mean, I don't know him, but he showed us, you know, his art collection. Uh, Anderson? Yeah, on 60 uh, Minutes. Well, it's nice when you're at Vanderbilt. 
Well, yeah, but I think that uh, that that's the kind of stuff that interests me. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Yeah. And the other place that I just love, although I'm getting a little bit tired of it, is the uh, uh, the Venda Museum. It, oh, right. Justin yeah. Jampol. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, the show now is is Tito. I'm not particularly interested in Tito, but no. <laughs> but the museum itself is absolutely beautiful. It's in Culver City on Culver and uh, Overland. No, I haven't. I uh, well, I'm I'm checking it off. I'm going to go there. Yeah, I think you got to. Uh, for this week. I have a bucket list for every week. So do I, but now I have unpleasant things. I do one what? thing I don't want to do every day. Because other you put that, this is a list. You put this as a list. No, I, like but say, I jumped, oh, I'm this, sorry. I don't want to do this. And you put that on your list? No, I just, every day, every day now, I'm trying to do something I don't want to do because otherwise I just get overwhelmed with stuff and I can't move. Yeah. So every day I do something unpleasant. No? Well, I hope that you didn't put this down. Oh, I was so excited about this. I mean, I, I was just thrilled with this. And then, you know, I just was thrilled. I got out of that book that book signing that I didn't want to go yeah, to. For yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Sometime I'd love to see your bookstore. What's that like? Uh, it's tiny because, of course, everything gets sold online. But it's in Chinatown. Yeah. And uh, you have Chinatown stories, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's in it's on uh, Chunking Court, like catty corner to Chunking Road, where there's you know used to be galleries, and there still are. Charlie James, and Coagula. What about Wilding? No, nobody's there anymore. It's just there's only like two galleries on Chunking Road. Oh, there's okay. There's a number of other galleries in nearby Chinatown. Yeah. But it's, and this and this goes back to the point about uh, you know LA being amorphous in terms of where are the artists right? Yeah. They're everywhere, but they're nowhere. Yeah. Right. And I think we need some good strong voices. You know, when I got into the art world, Frank Pearls was somebody we all went to, uh, and his brother was the head of the Art Dealers Association for the for the for the country. Yeah, and see, there was an Art Dealers Association. I mean, that you can't even think about something. And that's what I think we need people like that, you know, who can kind of lead the group in terms of thinking. Well, Nick Wilder, I mean, he was a lot younger, but he had that right. kind of power. Uh-huh. Well, even in like in back in your day, the, the La Cienega was a that was a center, right? And, Absolutely. Right and uh, Ferris, yeah. Right, and now there was there's kind of Culver City, but not really. There's kind of downtown. But I think really. Culver City could be. I think it's geared toward. I I just I'm so impressed by some of the things that are going on there. Yeah, but it's a bitch to part. Is it really? Is it really? <laughs> I've never had fun with it. But yeah, but no, no, no. I think. But you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. It's hard to like get. It's not like Chelsea or so or you know. Oh, I never thought of that. Because I can always, I have a little tiny car, I can always find places, you know, maybe an old hospital or something. (laughs) (laughs) I looked up to a lot of the dealers like Martha Jackson. Yeah? Yeah, people who had had stories and and had uh, really created interest in a new kind of art at that time. 
trying to think of what's her name. She handled the, still handles the estate of, of uh, Jackson Pollock, but she has a Ray Parker show now, and that he was one of my oh, like favorite. Yeah, Ray he Parker's was one of my favorite artists, and I always sure. showed him. Yeah. Sure. So, is there anybody that you spotted that like? I, I think Kelly, Kelly, uh, Andy, uh, Andy, um, Andy Moses' his wife. Huh? Kelly. I just bought one of her pieces. Yeah. She shows with Craig Crowell, but I've seen her in a number of shows. Craig's coming on the show next Is week. he? Yeah. Well, I think she's just wonderful. And yesterday I ran into them at one of these art openings, and I said, I've just been recommending you because I think you're, you're, you're so important as a leader in the community. I think people are tired of the feminist thing. I think they want to get into maybe a, a more modulated kind of... Uh, next stage and to me she recommends that i also think that what john is is uh, proposing all of the thing the fears of the future and the takeover by drones and the takeover by machinery and the takeover by inhuman objects i think that's next right. i don't know how to articulate because i've never really said it out loud but well you're doing a fair job <laughs> i'm a little confused because you just referenced john's show which is at uh, west los, los angeles, angeles college yeah, right so, um, and then you, so you segued into that, which might confuse people. But um, could I say something about that show? Sure, go ahead. Well, I think John uh, Eden came up with this concept, and it's really about the things that are frightening us today. Things that we, if we're over fifty, we don't know how to work computers. We, you know, well, and we're afraid of everything that sort of has buttons that you have to push. And what he's doing is just showing us that our our fears are legitimate. And he's bringing things to our attention, people we've had wars with under this country, people who have lied to us in government offices. I mean, he's, he's just bringing a lot of things. I always thought a president of the United States was somebody like a good dad. And now I realize that's not the issue at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. We've gone 25 minutes in and not mentioned Trump. Thank God. Well, let, let's not get into it. But I, I just think, you know, I, I was so touched when Joe, uh, what's his name, Joe Biden came to our school and talked, you know. And yeah, yeah, right. I, and yeah. I think, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, Trump, you're just always shocked what comes out of his mouth and how people can't trust him. When I wanted to move to New York, I had discovered a man named Mark Kostabi. And I'd given him a number of shows. So when I moved to New York, I asked him if he would, uh, if I could maybe work for him running Kastabi World. That was in 89. And uh, so anyway, I went to work there and it was a big place. Um, Rauschenberg, is, the estate has taken it over now for storage, but it was right across from the Javits Center. And so I worked for him and I was engaged to somebody and I, I woke up one morning, went to work and Mark said, I'm firing you. You have to be gone today. I, I want to bring, <laughs> I want to bring somebody else in. And uh, he, he was going to Europe that night and he didn't think I was selling enough and he wanted to bring uh. some hotshot in. So um, I went, my husband came to pick me up. My the future. No, it's oh, the, the, the my, yeah, the, Molly, my, you get around. Anyway, I, I said to my husband, he, Mauro Caputo, who was a top designer, I said, I, I can't go with you. I have to move my stuff out. He said, no, no, you discovered Mark. No, that's bullshit. Just, you, you. So anyway, what happened was that Mark hired this guy to take my place when he went to Europe that night, wow. and the guy was forging his work. And Mark happened to go to a forging gallery. Forging his work. He was, okay. yeah, in All Tokyo. Right. I'm Mark. Okay, Mark yeah. went to a gallery in uh, Tokyo, and in the window he saw his work, and okay, it was all yeah. fake. Got it. 
So he had this guy put in jail. Wow. And then the guy wrote a book called Robo Boy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but Mark is like a bad child to me, you know. He was when I worked for him, he loved Trump. And so every day we would have what? to go to the Plaza Hotel and have breakfast and hope Trump would come and talk to us. And then finally he did Trump's portrait. Oh, gross. Yeah, horrible. So what's he doing now? Mark Kastabi? You know, I just went to that big black and white show. Have you seen that no. at, at, uh, at Pepperdine? And there are two big Mark Kastabis. And, and it's with Baldessari, who I discovered yes, too. I know. And well, different people. I just couldn't believe uh, that Mark, I called him right away in Rome. He's very successful with a certain audience, and also he lives in Rome half the time. Well, there you go. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live in Rome half the time. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. So John Baldessari walks into your, it's kind of like a joke, right? Like a horse walks into a bar. But for you, it was John Baldessari, right? And I didn't know him. Nobody knew him yet. And he came in and he, he looked like, I couldn't tell if he was poor, but you know, I always, I teach a class at Otis and how to make it in the art world. I said, Are you oh, still doing that? Yeah, I did it last week. I've done it 17 oh. years. But I, I, um, I always tell him wear good shoes when you go in, even if you, <laughs> Because it looks like he might have money, yeah. And John was so badly dressed. He was so tall, and he had bad clothes. He didn't have a good watch on. He does look like Sasquatch, right? Yeah. Ever since I knew him, but anyway, he came in and he asked me if I would look at his work, and I, I was the secretary wasn't there, so I was sitting at the reception desk, and uh, so I said okay, and he pulled out this stuff. He had big boxes of stuff. And I didn't understand it. It was out of focus photographs of him in National City, one that we used later for an announcement, which was his, him standing there with a palm tree coming out of his head. Oh, yeah. And it was called Wrong. And uh, he, he, there was something about him. I just knew that he had enormous, I couldn't quite understand what the work was well, about. Well, massive. Yeah. Right? And so that had to be something with it. No. I mean, he's an an imposing personality. There was just something about it. I knew he was important. Mm. He hadn't had any shows yet. But there was something. I could just sense that it was... I didn't quite know why, but I knew. So I said, yeah, you can have a show here. I just just opened my gallery, and I think it was the third... uh, Ray Parker was having a show there. And uh, so he, he had a show there. And right away, the whole atmosphere of the gallery changed. Art Forum started covering us. Oh, I, I just, I've had really good experiences. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. And then I, I moved to New York. I got a, um, a job working in a hotel doing art lectures. And my first speaker there was uh, Clement Greenberg, who I got to be what? friendly with. Yeah. So he was your pal. And so was Clement. He'll, uh, and what, then, of course, you know, he, like, defined abstract expressionism and, like, that was... And like, then the, the next generation, Olitsky right, and, right. and well, so the stain painters. You either in, you were either in his camp or not, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And when he died, you know, his wife got back together with him and they remarried. And she was a perfect wasp, Jenny Van Horn. After his experience with uh, Helen Frankenthaler, he said, I'll never marry a Jew. So he... <laughs> He, he found, he found Helen, uh, you know, hurt him so much, so he married this Jenny, and she wrote a book about him later, the marriage. But they got back together before he died, so she could, uh, you know, take care of him and took, took care of the estate. 
And then I had their daughter work for me at the hotel where I work in New York. And, and the Roger Smith Hotel is what? Tell, talk to me about that. Well, when I, I saw an ad in the New York Times, they wanted a spiritualist with a college education. And the owner of the hotel, what? yeah, well, it was a badly written article, badly written <laughs> ad. But I answered it, and it was a post office box in New Paltz, where the a manager of the hotel lived. And the only person I knew in New Paltz was Hans von der Bovenkamp, an artist, a sculptor from New York. And so I put him on my resume. And she, it just happened that the, the, the lady that was running the hotel was renting a house from him. So she wow. said, he's got, she's got your name on her. And he said, oh, hire her. She knows everybody. And she's fun. Uh-huh. So I went to work for the hotel. They, uh, he, uh, Jim Knowles, who owns the hotel, very social family, and uh, went to Yale and inherited the hotel from his father-in-law. They, it had, was an eastern seaboard chain, and he got the Manhattan one. And he wanted to make it an art hotel. And so he brought me in, and my first thing was to open a gallery on the ground floor, and then open one. They own most of the whole block, open one around the corner, and then start having these lectures in the penthouse where I would get uh, the top people. I've had over 450 speakers there. And uh, we never we used to serve lunch, but then the the something happened. The restaurant doesn't, so people bring their own lunch, or we go out afterward. Sure. But it's free to the public, and it's usually forty people in the in the audience, and it's in the penthouse, and it's nice. it's wonderful. Yeah, and a lot of art people stay there because you can get a discount, and it right. it it's just really really fun. It's not chic like this, but there's always well, art. The, you know, that's a great location. Yeah. Oh, but it's wonderful, and I've had just fabulous speakers. Hilton Kramer, and then Betsy Baker, she's going to speak for me next. She's around. She's the editor of, of Emeritus at uh, Art in America. So what do you think is the uh, state of art criticism now? Um, I always like Glim's writing because I could understand it. If people start getting too complicated with me, I lose track, or they start showing off. But I like art that I like critics that really say it like it is and tell you uh, exactly um, what they think. I like their opinions. You've been listening to A.G. Geiger Presents Tales of the L.A. Art Underworld. My guest today has been Molly Barnes. Molly mentioned her weekly class at Otis College of Art and Design, in which she provides a blueprint for approaching galleries. You can learn more about that at otis.edu. We also reference a show at the Art Gallery of West LA College, where Molly is the director. And you can learn more about that show specifically in episode 29 with its curator, John Eden. You can also read a review of that show on my blog at aggeiger.com. A.G. Geiger Presents is produced by me, Michael Delgado, in conjunction with the Mayfair Hotel, the music and artist management company Regime 72, and A.G. Geiger Fine Art Books. Check us out, MayfairLA.com, Regime72.com, and of course, A.G. Geiger.com. Thanks for listening.